0: Hello, all. Welcome to the Lunar Sea Spire Steven Universe fan podcast. This is episode 256, and today we'll be talking about Infinity Train. I'm GC13.
1: And I'm David.
0: So there's a lot to love about this
1: series. First thing I really loved was actually one of the easiest things for the animators to do, which was just the subtle film grain. And I know this is a little controversial. GC does not agree with me. But I think the grain and the defects across the art were not overbearing, and they really made the series feel like I was discovering an old cartoon cartoon that, like, hadn't been aired before. So even though the themes were very 2019-y, it felt sort of, like, timeless.
0: I would have preferred a more clean animation, but I don't think the film grade took too much away. It's only when you're sitting there staring at the details that you really notice it. And speaking of staring at the
1: details, I will call out that (laughs) one very specific logical thing was weird in the series, which is that when Tulip decided to control... The train car with the steward's torn arm to get to the engine room. She was using a similar logic (laughs) to Greg in the episode, The Message, where he decodes Lapis' signal. I was never really sure how Greg could have truly decoded a very complex gem signal with just human audio technology. And similarly, as a programmer myself, I'm not really sure if I would have made the leap to connecting some wires from one dismembered robot into a card that seemingly doesn't control anything but itself. But, you know, Tulip must
0: be a lot more proficient than me. Yeah, I mean, she's made a game. What what more do you want to prove that she's the business? Now, I, I know everyone was wondering what was going to happen. I did love the big payoff we got for the donut holer in that confrontation at the end there.
1: It started off as such an innocent item, but the way that Amelia tries to straight up impale Tulip with it was intense, and I
0: really liked that. Oh, Tulip gave back better than she got. I mean, I was I was afraid for Amelia for just a second there after one of those hits that Tulip gave her. But uh, speaking of Amelia, I, I love her little backstory that they show that she was a phone freaker. Yeah,
1: I, that was an amazing call out that she probably a lot of people didn't realize that you could like send signals through a phone that confused it because it was all audially controlled anyway. So she uses like a small flute, flutet device. And I thought the way that they did it was just very goofy. And I just love that scene in general as they come in from the rain. And they're also making jokes at
0: almost the operator's expense because they have no idea what's going on. And then, of course, that was how she was able to control the steward. She's just good like that, I guess. Or at least that's what I got out of it. Of course, if we're shouting out things we loved about the series, I I cannot not mention the inclusion of Word Up. As soon as that music hit, I was grinning from ear to ear. (laughs) I couldn't help
1: but want to sing along. And I really love Tulip's singing voice here. Coming from Steven Universe, where everyone has a beautiful singing voice, Tulip's take on being really embarrassed and wanting to overcome that embarrassment with being goofy singing the song just really warmed my heart. Uh, The, like, nasally performance and the way that she is so clearly both in her face and in her voice, knowingly saying weird
0: things like, Yo, pretty ladies around the world just uh it was beautiful but hey everybody needs a friend and she's got him and him and him most of the episodes were great i wasn't i wasn't so fond of uh most of the crystal car except for of course the word up part but i absolutely loved the chrome car they just the, the those cops were i hope they're okay but oh they were rad.
1: <laughs> yeah well i don't know if the cops were real people but that shadow definitely leaves us with a lot of questions. (laughs) The non-humans in general are pretty strange as a concept, because in the final episode, we hear as Tulip is sort of calling out Amelia on her plans to recreate her own life, Tulip says that she wouldn't want to recreate her own parents in a train car because they wouldn't be her real parents. And yet, in the same episode, we celebrate the reunion of Tulip and Atticus, and Atticus is treated... As real as any of Tulip's other relationships in her life. So there's something strange going on here in these train cars where the things that are being like the environment is generated digitally. And there's clearly other human passengers on the car, as we see on a monitor that Amelia is controlling. But like we know one one is real because (laughs) he is part of a train, which is seemingly real and really mechanical. We don't know who created the train or where it exists because it ain't Oshkosh, but one one's real. Atticus, though, is much more mysterious. We don't know if he's a human. The cat also (laughs) sort of seems to be in that weird realm, another animal that Tulip ends up forming a positive relationship with. And then there's Pilot, which is Tulip backwards, Tulip's reflection. You're welcome for coining that term, by the way. Yes, thank you. GC-13 is very good at coming up with names for characters like Bendy, but uh, (laughs) Pilot existed apparently in the real world the whole time. In her debut episode, she recounts memories of Tulip's
0: life outside of the train. That could have been faked because the train does know all of Tulip's memories, but, you know, it obviously wasn't.
1: Yeah, because the ending shows Tulip's dad's reflection in the mirror as they leave their house, but not Tulips. So, Tulip's reflection is a real thing. This real, magical, science-y thing that has always existed and has really been living her memories and now is separated from her which by the way in thinking about how the movie us has a very similar concept with the doppelgangers i am very impressed that infinity train probably came up with the idea around the same time and who knows maybe they came up with it first so congratulations (laughs) infinity train creator if the series had come out just a little bit earlier because of animation schedules then you could have beaten jordan peele to his own conceptual
0: punchline I mean, we know that this is a world where magic exists in because the Infinity Train uses magic to collect its passengers. So, I mean, I guess that the mirror people are just real. As for Atticus, though, I think Atticus is very different from the idea of recreating Ulrich or recreating Tulip's parents, except, you know, altering them so everything is happy. Atticus is someone new that Tulip met. He's from the train, and since he's from the train, it's within the train's power to bring Atticus, the real Atticus, back. Ulrich was just a person from Amelia's real life. He wasn't from the train. The train can't bring him back. It can just make a facsimile of him, not the real him. Right,
1: so although Atticus may only have existed because of the train and be generated in some way from it magically or technologically it would be similar for Tulip to recreate Atticus in the train in the same way that she would recreate her parents. It's just the thought that copying someone means it's not the original person. It does, It's not the nature of them being created from the train itself that makes it a bad thing.
0: Now, what I do think that the series did very, very well was foreshadow that 1-1 was in fact the conductor. I mean, just from simple narrative logic, you can be like, huh, maybe he is, but they kind of set a really nice breadcrumb trail for you. Back in the cat's car, we knew that the conductor wanted to find him, but why? You know, Obset so sets up a connection to the conductor there. Then, in the unfinished car, you know, you show a completely different side of 1-1, and he is intimately familiar with the workings of the train, and like, he was involved with the creation of that car. And that's when I'm like, huh, you know what, I'm starting to think that, yeah, he was the conductor. And then obviously we see what happens in the ball pit car, that the conductor doesn't want to retrieve him, the conductor wants to kill him. And then you look at what the conductor is saying about wanting Tulip's life to be static, whereas the whole point of the train up to this point seems to have been trying to get Tulip to grow as a person, to move on with her life. And then it's like, oh, the conductor isn't the original conductor, is he? And why does he seem to feel threatened by one one? Not too hard to go from there to 1-1 being the original conductor, is it? I agree. I feel
1: like the most key point there that I missed out on was that I was really confused why the conductor's mission was seemingly against the train's mission. I was confused why the conductor wanted Tulip to get trapped in the tape, for instance, when clearly the number was associated with going down with trying to free Tulip from these past experiences. So that should have really been the clue that at least the conductor wasn't the conductor. The hint that one one was the conductor, I feel like was a little bit harder to draw, but obviously smart
0: people like GC13 could have figured it out. I do wonder about the tapes, though. What purpose did they serve on the train? Is that something Amelia created? But the cat said that every passenger has one that would seem to indicate that it's just something the train makes for you. Maybe you're never meant to view your own tape. What happened
1: was that Pendleton Ward created the show Adventure Time, and he made a holiday special episode where Ice King's backstory was revealed in a tape. And since then, (laughs) every other cartoon has to do the exact same thing. Gravity Falls had to reveal a character's backstory in tape. Steven Universe obviously revealed a major thing about Rose in a tape. And here we learn about the conductor and more about Tulip's tragedy in tape. It's just a thing that kids get to watch these days. And it's really funny because all of the people creating the shows grew up with VHS. I grew up watching things on VHS, but the kids watching Cartoon Network now don't know what VHS tapes are except through the living memory of these cartoons. Granddaddy Ward, baby. Yes, thank you, Pendleton. So it came as a surprise to many. Some people. Some people were feeling this was true from the start. But there is more Infinity Train coming right at that. As soon as the episode ended and the series supposedly finished, we were told more is coming. And so there's at least going to be a season two or chapter two of this story. So the creator had as an original concept Infinity Train just being a movie and when he pitched it to Cartoon Network ultimately he pitched it as a mini series. And I think though that a lot of people watching this felt a larger series exist outside of the 10 episodes. So there's definitely a lot of places for this to go now to fill in the gaps of what ultimately might have felt a little rushed through. There's a lot of mystery around the train itself and also the other humans trapped on there that we're going to be able to explore.
0: Yeah, I mean... I was kind of surprised looking at that monitor, how few of them were kids. Most of them on that screen were adults when Amelia's about to send the ball pit car away.
1: It'd be an interesting change for the show to transition to dealing with older characters. And not even just older teens or young adults but straight up old adult people, but it would definitely help connect with potentially a continuing narrative on Amelia, who's clearly going to need to continue to grow as a character. I think we've seen everything about her past that matters to her character, but there's going to be a lot of growth for her in future episodes, and she might connect more with another adult character as opposed to a child. Yet, I feel like we haven't seen the last of Tulip either. Tulip was such an excellent character for the series. I'd really hate to see her go away. And unless everybody on this train is a programmer, which as a programmer myself, I would be completely fine with that. I feel like Tulip's role as a, as a game developer, in addition to Amelia's connection to engineering, you know, might want to perpetuate in, in future stories.
0: I, I don't know if we'll ever see Tulip again, I, although I do envision that we'll see Amelia show up for one episode out of each character's journey, kind of as a wise mentor figure. I mean, she's already got the robes. She, she's had that since the beginning. So she just keeps the awesome robe, shows up, helps them with their journey. Her number goes down a little bit. She continues on. Effectively, she's going to die on that train, but that doesn't mean she has to take anyone with her, you know? Her number was
1: incredibly large, so I don't know if she'll ever escape. It's kind of amazing how deep down her grief has
0: brought her, but we'll see. If she was able to get it up that quickly, maybe she could get it down that quickly. It, it doesn't all have to be doom and gloom. I mean, I was completely certain Atticus was dead and gone, but they, they found a good way that made sense to bring him back, and I'm very happy they did. He was a good man.
1: He was a very good boy.
0: And... <laughs> I
1: On the thought of Tulip not returning or every character being a programmer, I do think there is more to the technological side of the show that will continue on. Besides, obviously, the train being a mechanical and technological marvel. Because the first episode introduced us to Tulip dealing with bugs in her program. And, of course, we immediately dealt with bugs as these horrible cockroach things in the hell world that exists outside of the train. And I just felt that that connection was so strong, and they never actually followed up on it. But those bugs have something to do with programmers dealing with bugs. And if it isn't going to be Tulip addressing those bugs in the Infinity Train, then someone else has to.
0: We know what they're called. I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's G-H-O-M, like gomes. They got voice credits. That doesn't appear to relate to
1: anything technical or computer science related that I know about. So that is also a very mysterious term for them. And they also seem to only be a purely malicious force, whereas the train is supposedly a positive force. So it'll be interesting to know why that dichotomy exists.
0: Well, I mean, it might be symbolic. The train is kind of your last way station in the middle of that wasteland that you found yourself in whenever the train comes to get you. Who knows? So I'm excited for a season two or a chapter two. It's
1: going to be a long time to wait, though. And I think that's something unique about cartoons doing a miniseries format is that we're not going to see unless they were already or are currently producing episodes. Like it's a year out or more. This is the same like Rick and Morty problem of you air 10 episodes in this case in a week. And now... You have to wait a while so maybe that time will help us forget characters like tulip when we're not going to see her again but it also means we're going to be thinking about this train
0: for a very long time without getting to see a follow-up anyway guys that's it for us on infinity train join us next week until then i'm gc13 and i'm david and if you still listen to us on the old radio
1: review us on apple podcasts later everybody
0: Our opening and closing music is by James Roach. For more Steven Universe fan-related content, please visit LunarSeaspire.com. Thank you for listening.